Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. The island of Crete was known literally as a barbarous place. It was, it was full of people that were liars and corrupt. Morality was at an absolute low. And in the midst of that place, God built a church. Aren't you glad God always has a people? God's taking out a people for His name. And, uh, oh, I believe in the remnant, my friend. And I believe God raises them up right where they need to be. Now, on the island of Crete, in that, in that place that was known for so many corrupt things, in the midst of that church, that group of believers, God sent a man. He raised up a pastor to lead them and to guide them. The young man's name was Titus. Perhaps you've heard of him because there's a book of your New Testament that bears his name. At some point, he was involved in the church at Corinth because he's mentioned nine times in 2 Corinthians. But at some point, the Apostle Paul sent him to the island of Crete, sent him to that wicked place so that he could help to lead the church. And every church needs a shepherd. Every flock needs a shepherd. Every group of believers needs someone to feed them and to lead them. And that's a pastor's role and that was Titus's responsibility. And this is the third of what is referred to as the pastoral epistles. Now, there are many similarities between Timothy and Titus with one major difference. Timothy focuses a great deal on doctrine, on what we believe and why we believe it. Titus focuses more on, if I may borrow a phrase from the book itself, adorning the doctrine or how the doctrine affects the way we live. Adorning means to beautify. Look, friend, if you say you believe the truth, then that truth ought to be dressed up in your life. It ought to be made so beautiful that people are attracted to that doctrine. And they see that lived out in your life and they say, oh, I want the Christ they talk about. I want the God they say they serve. That's really the emphasis found in the book of Titus. Now let me read one verse to you from Titus chapter 1 and verse number 5. The Apostle Paul says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. So Titus's job, his role in Crete, was to do a couple of things. Number one, it was to help develop other pastors. There needed to be elders in each church. And the elder here, of course, another reference to the shepherd or to the, to the bishop, to the pastor of that local assembly. He said, so in every city where there's a group of believers, they need an elder. And you're to help me get that done. Then in addition to that, here's the key phrase, he is to set in order the things that are wanting. Now, my friend, there are things wanting in all of our lives. There are things lacking, things that need to be added, things that need to grow. Every church has weak areas. And it's the shepherd's role to oversee the flock. It's the, it's the elder's responsibility to help lead the people forward to take the next step. 
Now that was Titus's role, and that's the role of the pastor in a local New Testament church in every age. And so the theme of the little book of Titus is this, setting the church in order. Uh, that's an interesting turn of phrase. You remember even in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 40, verse 4, there was a command given to set things in order in the tabernacle. So from the very first meeting place God ever had with His people, He wanted it to be orderly. God is a God who does all things decently and in order. And the church is no different. As a matter of fact, you can outline the entire book this way. Chapter 1 is primarily about order in the church. God wants order in His assembly. It's not everybody doing what they want to do, everybody getting their way. No, the only person that really should get their way is God. What does God want? And so there must be order in the church. Then in chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, there's to be order in the home. And so he deals with the marriage relationship and the relationship of parents and children. There's to be order at home. And then the rest of the book, chapter 2, verse 9 through chapter 3, verse 15, there's to be order in the world. So he talks about our relationship to government. He talks about our relationship to, to our employers and to employees and the relationship to other people. He talks about our relationship to folks who reject the truth, who go off on some tangent. How do you deal with them? And in all things, God gives order. I'm thinking now of that beautiful verse that says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We don't order our own steps. God orders our steps. And it's not about us ordering our lives. God brings order into our lives as we yield to His leadership and His lordship in us. So many times today the buzzword is organization. If we could just get things organized. Well, I want to tell you, a church is not an organization. A church is an organism. It's a living, breathing being. It's a body. And uh, as such, the only way to organize an organism is to dissect it, and that kills it. So organization is not the answer. Simply putting programs and structure in place is not enough. No, there must be the life of the Spirit in that local church. There must be the leading of God in that local assembly. And so order is not the same as organization. Organization is based on my ideas and my systems and my procedures. But order is based on God's priority. What is important to God? What does the Lord want done? Why did God begin the church? What was God's intent for the home? What is God's desire for my life? And so that's what God is trying to set in order in all of us. I want to leave you with a portion of Scripture from the book of Titus that I think is so beautiful. It, it reveals the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Now, He's actually referred to in every chapter of this book as God our Savior, and I love that. But if you come to the beautiful little passage of Scripture in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11, you read these words, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. My friend, Jesus Christ saved you not just from something but for something. He didn't just save you to keep you out of hell. He didn't just save you to take you to heaven someday. He saved you so that right now He would be lifted up and glorified in your life. The same grace that brings salvation 
teaches us how we're to live right now. The same grace that gets us ready for the world to come should affect the way we live this very day. You see, this matter of God our Savior is not a past tense truth, it's a present tense truth. And the key word of the book, excuse me, two words, are these words, good works. This is a book about practice. The recurring idea of good works is found in all three chapters of Titus. Why? Because knowing God as your Savior ought to make a difference in your life in the church, at home, and in the world. In every relationship, with every responsibility, no matter what comes to you, Jesus Christ, if He's truly made a difference in your life, is going to help you to live in a way that brings Him the greatest glory and the greatest honor. As a matter of fact, Titus chapter 2, verse 10, speaking to servants, says, Not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. There's a lot of ugly things in our life because of our sin. The only beautiful thing in any of us is Jesus. And if anybody sees any beauty in us, true and lasting beauty, it's Christ in us. May I ask you, do the people around you, in your home, in your church, on your job, do they see the beauty of Jesus in you? Are you adorning the doctrine of God, your Savior, in all things? Would you make it your prayer today? Would you pray today, Oh Lord, let me lift up Jesus. Let others see Christ living inside of me. May my good works point others to my great God. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.